Greetings. Welcome to the Stone Booters Hour with Pastor Gary and Elder JC. That's me. Hello, radio and podcast land. We are here with another venture into scriptures, Pastor. Last week, we met the brother of Jesus, the yes. Apostle James, and discovered what it was like growing up with a brother called the Chosen One and examined the books James wrote. Had to think about my own brothers if yeah, they would come over and tell me that, that they were the Chosen Ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Today, question mark come on. Yes, it does. <laughs> Today, we're going to visit with Peter. The Apostle Peter, also known as St. Peter, Simon Peter, and Cephas the Rock, was one of the 12 main disciples of Jesus Christ. After Yeshua's resurrection, Peter became one of the most influential Christian leaders in the first century and author of Peter 1 and 2. Praise God. You know, we may have to do uh, a two and a three or even a four-parter because there's so much to learn about the Apostle Peter. Ooh, great. There's so much to learn. So we, we're going to just focus on maybe about a couple of major events that happened around uh, the time uh, that he came uh, on the scene. It's just like many disciples of the Twelve they were fishermen like Peter. Yes, they were. According to the Gospel of Matthew and Mark, when Jesus first met Peter, he was fishing with his brother Andrew. Mm -hmm. Their brothers came from the village of Bethsaida, located on a fertile plain along the northeastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. And you can research that in John 1.4.3 and also in John 12.21. When Jesus came upon the brothers and said, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, both Peter and Andrew dropped their nets and followed him. Mm. When Peter dropped not only his nets, but he dropped his fishing business, along with, he didn't say, I'm not going to say he dropped his family and his wife, but he followed the chosen one <laughs> because Peter was married. He had a mother-in-law and later on, uh, they must have had a relationship because Jesus healed his mother-in-law in Luke 4, uh, 38, 39. So it's easy to assume he had children, even though the Bible really doesn't mention um, whether or not Peter had kids. Mm. Boy, there must have been something really interesting about Peter's wife. One of the things we always talk about is Proverbs 31.10. And I'm just going to read a little of that because I think it's important that uh, we get to understand her position and who she was. But 31.10-31 talks about the virtuous woman. And it says, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. But I want to go down to the part, she does everything. She buys a field, so that means she's making money. She girds up her her staff with purple clothing. But the part that I love the best is that down, if we go down to 25, it says, Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. Because she's doing all these things. She opened her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looked well to the ways of her household and eated not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and called her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. 
Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, shall, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. So Peter's yes. wife had to be someone. Because she had to keep the fishing right. business going. She had to keep the household going. While yes. Peter ran around with Jesus all through the communities, all through the town, healing and learning different things, learning scriptures. So she held down the fort. Praise God. And I praise her for doing that because sometimes as women of God and, and wives, sometimes we forget that that is our role. We are to be a help meet. So at this particular time, she had to be the Fisher woman. Yes, indeed. Praise <laughs> so God. So we just go on with that. Also, Peter was a follower of John the Baptist and like all folks before their calling, was a sinful man. In fact, he was ashamed of his sinfulness in the presence of Jesus Christ. And remember that story in Luke 5, uh, 6 to 8, where uh, it reads, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net broke. Uh, because remember, Jesus, Peter and them had been out fishing and he said they didn't get any, catch anything. And Jesus says, throw it on the other side. He says, well, Lord, we've been out here all day. What are we going to catch? So they caught so much that the net broke and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ships, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. And when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So sometimes we just don't want to believe because we're in the situation we're in. But when he realized it, he knew that the Lord was right. So like the disciple um, who gives it a different account, and that's Luke, Luke yeah. one, 5, 1 through 7, uh, they were cleaning their nets, not casting them, and that Jesus boarded their boat and led them to a miraculous catch that nearly sank the boats. He was truly a Galilean fisherman. Praise God. Maybe that's why uh, Peter's wife was okay with uh, uh, him following Yeshua, because fishermen at that time, they were gruff. Yeah. They were unkept. They were vile, they were shabbily dressed, and they often used vulgar language. That first century fishermen, they were a man's man. They were full of vigor and had boisterous tempers. And this is perhaps why James and his brother John, who were also fishermen, were called sons of thunder. Yes. Being a fisherman during this time was a rough life and physically demanding. They had to be fearless because storms came quickly upon the Sea of Galilee. And when they did come, they were fierce and furious. And later on, you know, there's a lot of st uh, uh, the story about Jesus being in the boat. Yes. And that storm came and the fishermen were afraid. Praise God. So, you know, it must have been fierce. And even when uh, sometimes when you're watching those um, I like to watch the men who actually catch our fish just to see what it's like mm -hmm. and the how the waves come, the sea come, how they're out there for maybe days at a time not catching anything. So I can imagine back during that time with less equipment, everything yeah. do it be, doing no by nets, right? no GPS. <laughs> that, that that was a rough life. Well, we're off to a good start. And when we return... Uh, Pastor Gary will play the Apostle Peter. But first, let's take a
time to thank our sponsor. We know Dr. Elton Powell of Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center. You can call him up at 850-402-9061 or reach him by his website, www.dynamicspineandwellness.com. And don't forget, tell him that the sum... you were referred by, by the Stone Builders. And now the time to uh, reach out to him, especially with this COVID-19 going around, because he has uh, uh, supplements that can help your immune system. All right. Along with helping you with the weight loss plan. And plus, fix those aching bones. Praise God for it, uh, Dr. Alvin Powell. So we're going to take a commercial break, and we will be right back. See ya. Put your hand in the hand of the man. Put your hand in the hand of a man who calmed the sea. Take a look at yourself, and you can look at others differently. Put your hand in the hand of a man. My name is Anne-Marie Baker, and I used to have severe, excruciating right arm and neck pain. Thanks to spinal decompression therapy from Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center, I no longer have any pain or discomfort, and my issues were resolved without having any surgery. Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center has helped me enjoy my life again. At Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center, we unlock your potential to be the best version of you and build your body to excellent health. Hi, my name is Dr. Powell, and we take pride in giving you fast and friendly service that is tailored to your needs. We provide safe, comfortable, and effective treatments using state-of-the-art equipment. Life is full of adjustments, so get yourself realigned for a better, healthier future today. Call 402-9061. That's 402-9061. Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center. Online at dynamicspineandwellness.com. Tune in to the Stone Builders Hour, a unique talk show hosted by Pastor Gary and Elder JC every Thursday at 5 o'clock on Wave 94.1. Make time to attend a real down-home auction with the family. Gospel Express Ministry South is hosting its 25th benefit auction when Saturday, November 14th at the Lighthouse Children's Home where 7771 East Mayhem Drive in beautiful Tallahassee bid on Amish made furniture, craft items quilts and tools also farm fresh food items such as apples, cheeses and other tasty treats like home baked goodies yum! Breakfast starts at 7.30 a.m and auction at 9. Stay for lunch and enjoy baked or barbecued chicken. For details, contact Merrill Dittweiler, 850-447-2033. Contact Merrill at 850-447-2033. Welcome back to the Stone Builders Hour with Pastor Gary and Elder J.C., 
before we continued with the Apostle Peter, played by my husband, Pastor Gary. Praise God. Please be aware, you can listen to all our shows at your convenience. You can do that on iTunes, Google Music, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and our favorite, Spotify. Uh, we're also asking you to become a regular Stone Builder supporter with a gift by either going to our website, weedlivingstones.org, or cash app, dollar sign, lstones51. And just to let you know, this is to support the program. We are trying to get this all over the airways. We're trying to list it on other podcasts. And just know that when you become a Stone Builders uh, supporter, you are sowing into fertile ground. And as a continuance of our celebration of 48 years of marriage, we're asking our listeners to come in with a special and re- possibly recurring blessing. And 48 years, so yeah. $4.80, $48. $480. And for those of you who are really blessed, you could come in with $4,800. Yes, yes so praise God. We are going to move on, but just know that we love our supporters. Yes. And we thank all of those who have continued to support us uh, throughout this ministry. Now we're going in for the rest of the story. Peter, your story of a changed life is one of the greatest in the Bible. You were the most outspoken of Yeshua's 12 disciples and became one of the boldest witness for the new faith. Where did this passion come from? Well, after he said, follow me, (laughs) praise God. Well, I was a follower of John the Baptist. His message of repentance from sin and turning back to the Almighty was unheard of at that time. And it got my attention because I had become sick and tired of being sick and tired of hanging out and drinking with my fellow fishermen. Mm. John the Baptist said repentance from sin should be expressed in the act of water baptism. He taught repentance was not a mere ritual or a one-time outward action. Repentance was a life-altering turning away from sin and turning back to Jehovah our God. Mm. So when Yeshua came to me and my brother Andrew and asked us to follow him, at first it was, well, who are you? But he had this aura surrounding him, and his words penetrated my soul that without a doubt he was someone special and unique. I never met a man who was so humble, yet had power in his eyes and words. He was the past, the present, and the future all rolled into one. Well, they say once you have that experience with Yeshua, that your life will never be the same again. So that must have been amazing to have Jesus Christ walk up to you out of so many standing around to ask you to follow him. He chose you and Andrew from a poor working class, not the rich. The wise are powerful to help him establish his ministry. Why do you think he did this? And what is the difference between the teachings of John the Baptist and Yeshua? Oh, that's good. 
the difference in John the Baptist and Yeshua's teaching is John preached the coming kingdom with the burden of his message, repent, flee from the wrath to come. While Yeshua preached exhortation to repentance, followed by a message of good tidings of the joy and liberty of the new kingdom. Apostle Matthew, a friend of mine, wrote in 633, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Also, my friend and contemporary, Apostle Paul, wrote in Romans 14, 17, 18, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. For he that is in these things serve Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Mm. As mentioned earlier, Peter, you were among the first disciples called by Yeshua and frequently the disciples spokesman for good or bad. You know, sometimes <laughs> we just say things that come out of our mouth. Yeah, yeah, take it back. yeah that's me. One thing that you're credited with is the special insight you had concerning his his identity. Peter, you were the first to call Jesus the son of the living God, the Messiah. A few scriptures associated with that are Mark 8, 29, Luke 9, 20, and Matthew 16, 16 through 17. In Mark 8, 29, you said, and he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Peter answered and said unto him, thou art the Christ. Yes. So you, that spirit of God got yes. into you so that you know, and, and Jesus always said, Yeshua always said that you will know me yeah. because my spirit will let you, because my father will give you the insight into who I am. In Luke nine twenty. He said unto them, but whom, again, this is a different version, another apostle, but whom say ye that I am? Peter answering said, the Christ of God. Yes. In Matthew 16, 16 through 17, and Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. Yes. So sometimes we we know things, just as you said you were called by Yeshua, he chose you, but there had to be a particular reason in choosing you. And when Yeshua did call you, he knew you knew he was of God and felt unworthy to be in his presence. That's Luke 5, uh, 6 through 8. And that reads, And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net broke. We read that a little bit earlier. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. And when Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees because he says, depart, me, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And he did that because, you know how it is sometimes, we recognize that people are important, that they're part of who 
we know they're important, but sometimes we doubt their words. You know, they talk about doubting Thomas. We need to spend more time uh, with Jesus, knowing who he is. But even so, Yeshua didn't hesitate and told you and your brother Andrew that he would make you guys fishers of men. And that's in Mark 1.17. And that reason, Jesus said unto them, come ye after me and I will bake you to become fishers of men. Mm-hmm. So how do you see that? Is that different being a fisherman versus fisher of men? Because that's a play on words, because you say fisher man, and then you say fisher of men. So is there any difference? You yeah, you, well, you know, you're, both, you're using a, a net to cast both. One is two-legged, and one just walks along the, uh, one just uh, swims in the, the seas and the ocean. One has a soul, and one doesn't. So, you know, the, the, the thing is, is being able to uh, reach out to men who are made in the image of the Almighty because God wants a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And unfortunately, too many of us are are uh, deceived uh, into darkness. And our whole mission by casting out and become fisher of men is bring them into the marvelous light and learn the, the good news that not only that Jesus loves them, but God is waiting for them to return back to him. Well, I love when you say uh, Yeshua wants and requires a personal relationship with the individual, because that basically is what he did with Peter and Andrew, pulling them away from their friends so that he so that they could travel with him and build that relationship with them. Because one of the things when you think about those initial 12 apostles or disciples, as you want to call them, they received I believe more than what the others did, even though Jesus grew those numbers and they taught others, he sent out the 70 to do the same thing. Those initial 12 definitely had a personal relationship with Yeshua or Jesus Christ. That's why that's why I have any problems when I told my wife, Hey, I'm out. I got to go follow. I stopped cussing, drinking. I started uh, cleaning up my act. I ain't felt I ain't smell like no fish no more. Right. Even though I still went where it was stinky at, but I changed the way I walked, the way I talked, the way I stood, and I started to study and read with this man that called the chosen one. All right. Well, you know, we women always want to be near the one who changes their act because we know that one of the things that uh, pastor always says. God doesn't change your personality. He just changes it towards him, towards mm-hmm. building that relationship with him. So even though you might have changed in terms of cussing and all that, your personality yes. still boisterous, still uh, still sticking in, getting into people's faces about different things that don't change. Well, Peter, can you stick around with our listeners for a little bit more while we take a commercial break? Yes. All right. I'd be glad to. Well, We'll be right back.
someone loves you, they don't hit you. Hi, this is Dewey Rio with Noble, the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives. Dating or relational violence is an act or threat of violence by one member of a couple against the other person in a relationship. It's also when one partner tries to maintain power and control over the other through abuse or violence. The abuse can include isolating you from others, threatening you, your family, or even themselves if you don't do what they want, physical violence, or sexual acts. This is not about love. It's about control. It's not about anything you did wrong. It's about control. If you're in a relationship like this, you're not alone. There is help. Contact Refuge House, your school guidance counselor, or law enforcement. Just remember, there is help. This message is presented by this radio station and the North Florida Chapter of Noble. For more information, visit noblenorthflorida.com, and together we can promote justice by action. Hi, I'm Cheryl Bolt. I met Pastor Gary Montgomery and his wife, JC, at Livingstones International while working here at Wave 94. I love Pastor Gary and JC. I love their hearts. I love their passion for the families who are affected by incarceration. Imagine how you would feel if you were unable to be with your children because of choices you now regret, choices that landed you in prison. We may never know the difference LSI, Livingstones International, is making for these families. What if LSI didn't have the funds to reach out to the children whose mom or dad or both were serving time? This is why I became a monthly LSI sponsor. Would you please consider giving to help support this important ministry? Give whatever God leads you to give as a one-time gift or as a monthly sponsor. Your giving will change lives and will encourage Pastor Gary and JC to continue the work they now are so committed to do. Go to their website, welivingstones.org, or Google Livingstones International Tallahassee and support this worthwhile ministry. Thank you. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go fish that! Oh, come on! <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Stone Builders Hour. You're listening to Pastor Gary and Elder JC. And today we have the most honorable guest, Apostle Peter. But first, we have a few announcements. One, we have a farm share upcoming this Saturday, October 24th at Gene Cox Stadium parking lot. And you know, that's 441 Paul Russell Road. It's where all of these school district mm-hmm. holds their right buses. Right back in the fairgrounds. Right back in the fairgrounds, yep. But the giveaway will start at 8. Right now, the event is hosted by Leon Commissioner Bill Proctor, Cumulus Media, Capital City Chamber of Commerce, Living Stones, and as a special, we're going to have Bond, the Bond Community Health Center there with their bus who will be doing COVID-19 testing after you receive your food. So yes. we're going to have it set up. So for those of you who want to get tested, it can be done right after the pickup. 
Volunteers are welcome, yes, most are. definitely, because we're bringing the big truck this yes. time, the tractor trailer. So we really need help with pulling together the food, uh, getting it positioned, and getting it ready to uh, drop in individuals' cars. We're asking everyone to report at 6.30 a.m., and enter through the second gate into the stadium parking lot. Yes, and so, keep, someone will be there to direct them where right. to park at because there will be a line of people lining oh, yes, up. There and will no one gets caught in that traffic. Yes. So they'll be coming, the people getting the food will be coming through the first exit, and you will really be entering through the uh, the exit to come out, but hopefully you're there early enough that, that you can get you can in get and out. Right. We have another announcement for Gospel Express Ministry South. You know, JC, uh, we were, and I have been a Gospel Express uh, chaplain uh, for about six, seven years. Mm -hmm. Praise God, where we would go into the prison and, uh, and they would provide support. But they have their 25th annual benefit auction. This is an awesome site to see yes, because they bring in items from the, uh, from the uh, Amish community, the Mennonite community from Ohio, Pennsylvania, up north. And they come down and bring these homemade American goods from uh, from uh, the Amish and also uh, from the farms. Yes. So um, uh, that's going to be on mark your calendar Saturday, November the fourteenth. Uh, they they have a breakfast. That's at seven thirty, and the auction starts at nine. And then at lunchtime, around noontime, they're going to have a barbecue or baked chicken for you. Now, mark your calendar, uh, November the 14th. That's a Saturday. And it's going to be at the Lighthouse Children Home at 7771 East Mayhem Street. Now, I guarantee you that they have the best apples. They have these big blocks of cheese, these big circle wheels of cheese. They yes. have sausages, potato chips. They have uh, canned goods, preserves, and, and plus the, the gospel Quilts. Oh, the, the quilts are just phenomenal. And the furniture yes. is awesome. And plus, they were going to have baked goods there, too. Yes, they were. So you, and plus, they got toys and tools. And, and it's a time that you can bring your family yes. in a safe place. So, you know, they'll be practicing social distancing also. But, hey, I recommend uh, we participated in a number of years. Yes. And uh, so I recommend this event highly. All right. Well, don't forget, November 14th, join us. Uh, Peter, we're going to get back to uh, talking about your relationship with Yeshua. But what was the meaning of Jesus walking on water? Uh, this miracle was recorded in three different disciple books. And I'm going to read through a few of them. Matthew 14, 22 through 36, Mark 6, 45 through 56, in John 6, 16 through 21, each of them had a different perspective on what it is um, about this miracle. Matthew 14, 22 through 36, we're just going to read a small portion, said immediately Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitude away. And this was really from the Sermon on the Mount, I'm assuming that we're yes. talking about. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went out on the mountain by himself to pray. But Mark says in 6, 45 through 56, and straightway he constrained his disciples, of course, to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida 
while he sent away the people. And when he sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. Very similar. And when even evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea. So they're in the middle of the of this water. Uh, and he alone was on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, <laughs> and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it, it had been a spirit and cried out. Now, even in those days, they, that's like seeing a ghost, huh? Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> For they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And when he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves and the fishes, for their heart was hardened. Mm -hmm. So we see that we are here talking about this. Um, this is after he fed the 5,000 plus people with only five loaves of bread and two fishes. Uh, during the Sermon on the Mount, and that is in Matthew fourteen seventeen. So, give us a meeting. Well, yes. Uh, <laughs> allow me first to talk briefly about being a witness to Yeshua, given the Beatitudes on the Sermon of the Mount. Okay. Everyone was seated on the hillside and listening to these new words never heard before. Even the children sat still as Yeshua projected his voice for all to hear as if he was sitting right next to you. No boombox. No boombox there. It seemed like time stood still. And at the end of the day, as dust set in, folks were beginning to get hungry. And we disciples, we went to Yeshua and said, it'd be a good idea to tell the people that they could, should leave so they can go to a nearby village or marketplace so they can get some food and rest up. Among all the 5,000 people there, there was a little boy with five pieces of fish and bread, and he stood out among everybody. Yeshua asked him if he could have the basket, and the little boy complied. Afterwards, we're all curious. <laughs> we're looking at Yeshua take this basket and lift it up the scraps into the air, and he prayed. Then the next thing you know, before we knew it, an abundance of fish began to pour out of the basket, so much so that we were able to feed Everyone there. Now, there was 5,000 people, but that's yeah. not including the children and the wives right. and the women who were there to hear the mighty Yeshua talk. Just thinking about that day is humbling. And I'm thankful to be chosen as a witness to the power of the Almighty coming to a reality. What a mighty God we serve. Yes, we studied the Sermon on the Mount. I love the Beatitudes. And on September 24th, uh, we did, our listeners will find us on our Stone Builders Hour program on Spotify or SoundCloud or iTunes or Google Music, where we shared that particular yes, uh, mm -hmm. session with our audience. Yeshua's 
teaching shared as believers, we are called to humble ourselves, be patient, genuine, faithful, watchful, and responsible as we expect Yeshua to return after his death. Because remember, he said he was coming back for us. We must avoid adultery in a form of lust, knowing that marriage is sacred, and to love your enemies. That is the hardest thing to do. But he said it's easy to love your friends. For you that would uh, like to review the Beatitudes, remember you can go to Matthews 1, 1 through 12, and they're all there for you. Well, Peter, let's talk about Yeshua again and you walking on water. What a miracle. That moment in time must have been an exciting, but yet fearful experience (laughs) at the same time. Your adrenaline was probably pumping through your veins while your faith was being tested. Most definitely. Following the Lord Jesus Christ was very challenging, yet rewarding. After the Sermon on the Mount, Yeshua sent us across the Galilee Sea while he stayed behind to pray. This wasn't unusual because Yeshua always took time for himself to pray and rest because everywhere he went, people were pulling on him, mm-hmm. begging him for healing yeah. or whatever needs they had. So when he told us to go, we went, we were obedient. We cast off and began to sail across the sea. All night long, we disciples have been trying to steer the boat mm. and we were straining against the waves and the wind because it was a rough sea night. And then as we're struggling, trying to keep the, the boat afloat and the sea waters were rough, all of a sudden, Yeshua appeared to us walking on the water. Mm. We all thought it had to be a ghost. You said spirit. We thought it was a ghost. But it turned out to be Yeshua himself. All right. This blew our minds because as longtime fishermen, we know it's impossible to walk on water. We immediately recognized Yeshua's voice because he shouted and called out, Peter! Come and walk on the water with me. I'm up here. My mind was blown because we're up here trying to steer. We're up here looking over the side of the boat. We have the spirit walking on top of the water towards us. And even though we have faith of a mustard seed, I've got to say, I was scared. <laughs> All the other ones, we were tripling because we've never seen such a sight before. I'm sure. I'm this is a man sure. who ate with us. This is a man who walked with us. This is a man who was a man's man and did man bodily things. To see him on water, that was that just messed our minds up. When he said, come and walk on the water with him, I was trying to be obedient and brave at the same time. So I stepped out of the boat. And sink? Without sinking. Wow. I actually stepped on the water. Wow. 
and I started to walk on the water towards Yeshua with his hand stretched out to me. And as I was walking to him, all of a sudden there was a strong gust of wind and I took my eyes off the Messiah. Then doubt entered my mind, then fear. Then I began to sink. And as I was sinking into the water, I started crying like a baby. <laughs> help me, Lord. Help me. Help me. Now, Matthew, who was on the boat, too, he has a detailed description of what happened in uh, Matthews 14, 21 through uh, 27. And, uh, 27 through 21. And Matthew, he, he basically said, but straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, where's thou did thou doubt? Ooh. I felt as small as a mustard seed because here I am with the chosen man of God who had my back, who told me to come just as he said, follow me. And I chose to follow him. And now all of a sudden I took my eyes off of him and fell into the sea. That's the key. We need to keep our eyes on Yeshua. As long as he, we have our eyes on him, we can do anything. So, Peter, I know that must have been yes. a mind expander and a really surreal experience. Because you imagine, even when you think about water, it doesn't hold anything. Right. So that in itself is a miracle that you could actually have stepped on it. It could walk on. It was like a board. It's like I was yeah. walking on, on land. Mm. So uh, right now we're going to take another break. And we'll be right back because I am excited to hear more about Peter. I don't want to be afraid every time I face the waves. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be afraid. And I don't want to fear the storm just because I hear it roar. I don't want to fear the storm. Tune in to the Stone Builders Hour, a unique talk show hosted by Pastor Gary and Elder JC every Thursday at 5 o'clock on Wave 94.1. Ever been to a real down home auction? 
Gospel Express Ministries is hosting its 25th benefit auction Saturday, November 14th at the Lighthouse Children's Home, 7771 East Mayhem Drive in Tallahassee. Bid on homage-made furniture, craft items, quilts, and tools. Also, farm-fresh apples, cheeses, and butter. Breakfast starts at 7.30 a.m. and auction at 9. Contact Meryl Ditwaller, 850-447-2033. Man, what did you give in the math test? Dude, I failed it. I got an F. Bro, it was kind of hard, but I got to be on it. I thought I knew the answers, but I missed some days from school. Were you sick? Nah, I just didn't feel like coming. Look, man, every day you miss school, you fall further behind in your classes. You miss information that help you pass quizzes and tests. It's important that you come to school. Don't become a statistic. When you skip school, you miss out on your potential. For more information, contact the Leon County Schools Office of Prevention, Intervention, Equity, and Services at 487-7306. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Stone Builders Hour with Pastor Gary and Elder JC. What an awesome visit we're having with Apostle, Disciple, yep. Friend of Jesus, Peter, as he shares about the Sermon on the Mount and walking on the water. Got goosebumps. <laughs> I wonder how many of our listeners would have made the walk without sinking after they were called by Jesus just as Peter was called. But, you know, I think we all would take the leap of faith. It's whether or not we will continue to have faith when the storms come, because that's where we kind of get rocky. The storms come and we get weak and we fall down, even though um, I believe it says... uh, Jesus of God does not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So, Peter, I pray you don't mind being transparent because I would like to talk with you about denying Yeshua after his arrest. I know it's a sensitive subject. Yes. Your denial of Yeshua can be found in all four canonical. Gospels of the Bible. Uh, John, Luke, Mark. All four of them. Matthew. Yes. They state that during the last summer, Yeshua predicted you would deny knowledge of him three times. Not one time. Not two times. (laughs) Three times. Stating that you would disown him before the rooster crowed the next morning. Would you give your side of the story? Oh, my goodness, yes. All I can say is I'm just an ordinary man with many shortcomings, but I love the Lord with all my heart and soul. We disciples had just finished celebrating the Passover with what is now called the Last Supper. Mm -hmm. During dinner, Yeshua told us Judas, Judas would betray him And then after he told us, he told Judas, you're dismissed and go do your deed. We were confused. Afterwards, after he left, Yeshua made a prediction about all of his disciples saying he would abandon him during his arrest and trial. (laughs) He said that we were all going to leave him alone. Well, but I do understand that. Because you don't want to be associated because at that point, Rome was running everything. Yeah. So you get arrested just at the drop of a dime for just walking out of turn or talking out of turn. And then you had to deal with your Pharisees, Sadducees, 
who, if they didn't like you, probably talked about you too. Yeah, they did. And me being a loud mouth and strong head, I vowed that even if the other disciples fell mm. away from Yeshua, I will remain loyal to Yeshua no matter what. I told the Lord, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Mm. I said that in Luke. He had, Luke had to write that down <laughs> in 2233. Then Yeshua told me before the rooster crowed the next morning, I would deny him three times. And I did. Oh, wow. I did. Let me share the backstory after the Last Supper in the upper room. After Yeshua dismissed Judas, he left to notify the chief priest that Yeshua would be vulnerable later in the evening because he was going to pray at Gethsemane. Yeshua led his remaining disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane, and later that night, who appeared? Judas with a mob. They had come to arrest Yeshua at the garden. That was what's so unnerving about that is that they arrested him based on fake news. (laughs) This would be the category of fake news. They made everything up or they made it appear as though he was coming as the king to usurp Roman rule. Because if if you said you were going to be the king, they definitely felt that you were intimidating and getting the people riled up for a rebellion. But that's not the kind of ruler Yeshua was coming to be. They've been trying to capture him for a long time. Yes, they did. And he just had a way when we were out healing people and you had the Sadducees uh, and also the Roman folks. uh, They would just say, let's let's grab him right now. And he had a way of just disappearing in the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. He was just here. Where are you going? I would love to have seen that. He's here now and and gone tomorrow. It's like you break an eye. He would disappear. But, you know, to go back to what you're saying about uh, in that Garden of Gethsemane, yes, the mob, they came like gangbusters, as in your terms. They were pushing and shoving. They had their weapons drawn. And they came in yelling and shouting. And and so when they came in, since they had their weapons drawn, I drew my sword. And I was ready because we were fighting. We were fighting, to be honest with you. And so when the soldier came in and I drew my sword, he came up with me with his sword. I took my sword. I cut off the ear of Malchus. Malchus was the high priest's servant. I cut his ear off. I was mad. I was angry. I was there to protect my Lord and Savior. I was ready to fight because they were beating him up. Afterwards, once I cut that boy's ear off, <laughs> yes. everybody that, that took everybody by surprise. And and Jesus, he told me to put away my sword. Told me, put it down. And he shouted it out for everybody to hear. Then he somehow the guards let him go and he walked over and picked up Malchus's ear. <laughs> he actually picked up that ear. 
Malchus is up there crying. He wasn't crying, but he was holding his ear. Blood was coming out. It was clear that he was in pain. And Jesus unceremoniously picked up his ear and took his ear and placed it back on his head. We are watching this. He put his ear back on his head and the ear healed immediately to his head and the blood start bleeding. Everyone watching this saw Malchus' ear healed instantly. Mm. Malchus, he was surprised more than anyone. And at that time, he secretly believed and was thankful for what Yeshua did for him. Afterwards, after it was just like a moment in silence, um, you know, everyone just stood there out of surprise until the high priest soldiers, you know, snapped out of it and they took Yeshua again and they took him away to the house of Joseph, um, uh, Caiaphas, Caiaphas. Caiaphas, who was the high priest at that time. But look, even in the midst of the chaos, Yeshua brings peace and healing. So they all saw it. Could you imagine seeing the ear and in, in, on the ground, and then he put it in his hand and he puts it back on his head? Yeah, it was a sight to see. Yes, that that was in itself um, a miracle of sense. That if you saw that, wouldn't you believe? That must have been some scene. You had lots of chaos happening. So after Yeshua's arrest. You followed the soldiers, Peter, from a distance, then sneaked into the courtyard of Caiaphas. Later, the story goes, a servant girl saw you warming yourself by a fire and accused you of being with Yeshua, but you quickly denied it. Yes, I did. One. Later again, you were accused of being with Jesus, and you immediately denied it. Again. I'm sorry to say yes. That's two, two times. Finally, a third person came along and said your Galilean accent gave you away as a follower of the Nazarene. Then you started yes. yelling and calling curses down upon yourself and vehemently denied that you knew Jesus the Christ. And at that moment, a rooster crowed. <sighs> When I heard the rooster crow, I immediately remember Jesus telling me at the supper, I would deny him. And when I did, I ran out of the courtyard and I cried again like a baby. I was hurt. I was embarrassed. And I felt like crawling under a rock. I was so angry at myself because he called me to follow him and he showed me and taught me scriptures and gave me an awareness no earthly man could give. I watched him heal folks, raise people from the dead so much more yet. I let him down by denying him. Well, Peter, I feel for you. Yeah. I, I do understand 
what you went through because you were there with him in person following him you had told Yeshua that you wouldn't deny him and then you ended up doing it but one of the most important things that I see out of all of this uh, is what Jesus did during the Last Supper because part of this whole walk that he was taking had already been designed for him he already knew that he was going to be giving up his body to death in order to connect us back to the Christ but one of the things Luke talks about it in 22 14 through 20 that when the hour came and Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer so he was already telling them yes. that he was going to die for I tell you I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God and I'm sure the disciples weren't paying much attention to that because it's like uh, my death and then it's not going to be fulfilled. I won't eat again. But after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And you can find the same kind of scenario of that verse in 1 Corinthians 11, 20 through, through 25. So your denial is real. Yes. But Yeshua gave you something even more than that, and that is that we broke bread with him, that we would eat of his body, drink of his blood, because everything he did, we had to do it again in remembrance of him. So I think there's a takeaway from that. Yes, I know it probably hurt like heck that you denied him, but one of the things that he left you with is he said that this is the fulfillment of the kingdom of God. And a lot of times people think, oh, that's the end of the story, but it's not because I believe that Yeshua was setting us up for moving into our future realm. And that's why in the beginning I had talked about when I met him, what a man, what a man, what a mighty, right. what a mighty man. He was in my past, my present, and my future. And so many times we live in our present that we take it for granted. So when we were sitting there and he was telling us our future, it really didn't register. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, it kind of went, yeah, 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 yeah. But then when your future now becomes your present mm. and it becomes the reality, then it's really, it really disrupts your mind. And, and then it's like, well, I knew this all along, but I didn't pay attention. You know, we know we're going to die and you're going to have a choice of whether you go uh, to heaven or to hell. But our actions today might leave us on the path to uh, to hell, even though not to glory and not to glory, even though we have that because the our present, our future has not caught up with our our present yet. My, 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 my. I know but, I just confused everybody, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I just think it's important for us to remember that Yeshua already knew 
his destiny. And when he told us to do those things, to eat of the bread and drink of the wine, it is to remember that we too must take a walk, that we too have to make a decision whether we're going to do it for God or we're going to do it for our flesh. And so I think it's just important that we continue to do those things. (laughs) So we're going to take a final break and we'll be back with Peter. I've had some good days and some sleepless nights but when I when I look around and I think things over All of my good days outweigh my bad days. Hi, I'm Cheryl Bolt. I met Pastor Gary Montgomery and his wife, JC, at Livingstones International while working here at Wave 94. I love Pastor Gary and JC. I love their hearts. I love their passion for the families who are affected by incarceration. Imagine how you would feel if you were unable to be with your children because of choices you now regret, choices that landed you in prison. We may never know the difference LSI, Livingstones International, is making for these families. What if LSI didn't have the funds to reach out to the children whose mom or dad or both were serving time? This is why I became a monthly LSI sponsor. Would you please consider giving to help support this important ministry? Give whatever God leads you to give as a one-time gift or as a monthly sponsor. Your giving will change lives and will encourage Pastor Gary and JC to continue the work they now are so committed to do. Go to their website, welivingstones.org or Google Livingstones International Tallahassee and support this worthwhile ministry. Thank you. Guess who? It's me, Elder JC, asking your support for Livingstone's Parenting Engagement Services. What is it? It will help parents be more active in their children's lives. Other ways to support? Donate online at welivingstones.org or call us at 850-219-0091. Remember, your donation is tax deductible. Everyone wants a comfortable, quality, affordable home they can own and be proud of. Affordable home ownership is now reality in Recolor Gardens in Crawfordville. Just 25 minutes from downtown Tallahassee or the beach. The developer with 40 years of experience builds each new home with modern kitchens, with two, three, or four bedrooms, and with many options such as screened-in porches, large garden bathtubs, and built-in electric generator plug-in outlets to help you make it through the next storm. Down payment and closing assistance for multiple government programs, credit repair, and mortgage loans are available. Call or text Lamar 850-727-3532 for an appointment to see your next home. That's 850-727-3532 or visit McCullough Garden Properties LLC.com. That's McCullough Garden Properties LLC.com. 
Peter, we just wanted to bring you back to just say we enjoyed our visit and we trust that you did too. And we really just want you to continue to just allow us to just say thank you again. Pastor? Well, praise God. We would like to do another segment, invite Peter back, uh, because it would be awesome to study um, the death of Jesus and the resurrection. All right. And also the founding of uh, the church. Uh, the Catholic religion considers him to be the first pope. And uh, and he has St. Peter Basilica named after right, him. Exactly. And so um, in his journey and even some of the, 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 the interaction that he had with some of the other apostles like Paul and talk about his vision that he had and and things of that nature, because Peter was very instrumental in uh, the dream that he had. Um, uh, and how his dream was interpreted where a blanket came out of the sky with all kind of animals on it. And uh, some people say that that gives you the right to eat anything that you want to eat. And other folks are saying that it's to go after all All, types of people, the Gentiles and things of that nature, because that's where... You know, this, that's where their dietary laws uh, come out of. They're saying that, you know, because of Peter, uh, you can eat uh, shrimp, lobster, uh, catfish, pig, all those things. And whereas the dietary laws are against that, and Jesus never ate those things, and none of the other apostles Jesus. never ate those things. Right, he said, and I God didn't come to change. But, uh, uh, but Peter has has more power over everybody to say, you can eat anything you want. So um, even though Yeshua didn't eat those things. So, praise God. So I was going to say, I think that, you know, we'll do Peter again sometime in the future. All right. And, uh, and we invite you to study the word. Don't go by what we're saying. Study the word and then find yourself approved. But, you know, Peter, he walked with Yeshua and a privilege to witness the power of the Almighty working yes. through Jesus the Christ. We believers are in a great spiritual danger when we think that we are beyond the ability to fail. Peter presumed that his faith would never fail him Mm. and that he would follow Jesus to prison and even to death. And he said this after Jesus had warned him that Satan demanded to have him and sift him like wheat. Yes. That is a massive presumption about his ability to follow Jesus in his own power. So we need divine intervention in our everyday existence, calling on the Almighty for his partnership with us while we're in our human bodies. You know, um, some, sometimes when you talked about uh, committing, when Peter committed the act of denial, one of the things that I feel we need to move forward in is forgiveness. And a lot of times we forget that. So I'm going to be closing on a note on a prayer that's called Prayer for Forgiveness. So, listeners, um, I know if you're driving, you can't bow your head, but if you're listening at Keep your own... Keep those eyes open if you're yes, driving. If you're at, uh, listening at your own convenience, just bow your head and let's go with the prayer. But it's uh, the prayer is, Heavenly Father, I come to you with brokenness and humility to ask for forgiveness of my sins today. 
Father, your word says, if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just and will forgive me and purify me from all unrighteousness. Not one unrighteousness, but all unrighteousness. So today, I come to you with a broken spirit and a contrite heart, and I confess my sins to you. I ask, Lord, for forgiveness of the sins that I have committed knowingly and unknowingly. I thank you, Father, for the ultimate sacrifice of your sin, for his blood, ah, that washes me as white as snow. I thank you. Thank you, Lord. For I recognize that his sacrifice was enough, and I don't have to work for your forgiveness. I ask, Lord, for the guidance of the Spirit moving forward. I pray that you will remove my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh that is sensitive to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I ask for his guidance and for his strength to help me resist any temptation that may come as a result of my desires. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. For I believe, and I'm going to say that one more time. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. For I believe that I am free from the guilt and shame of my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. Praise God. What an that awesome prayer. prayer. Thank yes, you, Lord. Yes, yes, Thank yes. you, Father. Well, you know, remember Farm Share. Uh, this Saturday, October the 24th, uh, the tractor trailer is coming. And you want to get there early. We're going to start giving away food at 8 o'clock. Or if I have enough volunteers out there that come at between 6, 6.30 to help me pack up this tractor trailer of food, we'll start a little earlier. All that means right. that we can, uh, the, uh, the folks can get the food a little bit earlier. And, out, and also COVID-19 testing will be done uh, after you go through the line, pick up your food. You can pull off to the right and you can stay in your car and you can get tested by the Bond uh, Community uh, Health uh, Center. So, hey, God bless each and every one of you. Stay safe and healthy. We're out. We're out. We're out.